Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we're just saying, help us to humble ourselves. We don't come together today to uh, put on a show or, or, or look a certain part or, or try to be somebody we're not. Uh, we know, God, uh, we are frail. We are human. Uh, and, our, and our sin, God, follows us and chases us and tempts us every day. Uh, and yet, God, uh, your son came and took on the body that we have and lived a perfect life. And he gives us uh, great hope, great comfort, uh, a great blueprint for a life lived well. And today we strive after that, God, individually and collectively. We come here, God, to be more like your son. Uh, that is the whole point of the Christian faith. Uh, to find salvation and then to find sanctification as we get to be made more and more like your son. As we uh, today continue to study through Ephesians 4, we've been looking at uh, the, the blueprint of the church. How Christ is the head and we are his body. And we as a church, we take that with utmost seriousness and we want to take that God and we want to continue to grow in that. And we want to mature. Uh, we want to grow, God, uh, as a as a complete uh, unit, God, as a church here in Birmingham, God, to be uh, the body that you want us to be. Please continue to use our study in your word, our discussions uh, before and after church, our time together, our family groups, God, to build up this body here in Birmingham. We thank you so much that your son makes all that possible. And we pray you can continue to be with us now as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, awesome. Well, uh, if you're visiting with us, uh, thank you for coming today. Uh, my name is Forrest, and I work with the church here. And uh, we have been studying through Ephesians chapter 4. And we've been doing a little, a little spiritual workout, if you will. Uh, get, you know, getting our spiritual pump on, if you will. And, uh, and we're trying to, get, you know, trying to get spiritually fit as a church. And the Bible says church is supposed to be the body of Christ. He is the head, and we are the body. Uh, and so uh, if you're new to us today, you're kind of jumping into the middle of this, and that's okay. Uh, and if you've been around for a little while, uh, you know, we, we are engaged in the middle of this. And we really want this to be uh, all that God wants it to be. Uh, and so we, we're very excited uh, as a church to see how God will use this. Um, uh, we are, you know... We were hoping today to have a little bit of a picnic after church and continue the fellowship. Obviously, the weather's not really cooperating with that. Uh, so I will encourage fellowship today after church, but maybe not at the park. So uh, maybe at the pub or maybe in your home. Uh, but the idea every other week is we're going after church just to, just to talk and to be together uh, and to be a light. So I hope that will continue today uh, despite the weather. Um, but uh, we talked Wednesday about kind of, you know, almost like a halftime talk. How are we doing? How's it going? You know, what's, you know, what, what are we learning in this process of bodybuilding from Ephesians 4. Uh, so I thought it might be good this morning to open it up again. Um, just uh, maybe some good news from the bodybuilding time that we've had. Something that you personally have been very encouraged by. Maybe something that you feel like you, you see growing in the church. Maybe it's something in your family group. Uh, it's a little open mic time right now. A little audience participation if you will. Um, anybody have any thoughts? Just briefly. Any thoughts, things you're encouraged by? Just raise your hand and I'll give you the mic and you don't have to preach, just share. That's my job, don't worry. Don't all be so shy. There were like, you know, 18 hands Wednesday and now there's none today. You can repeat what you said Wednesday, by the way. Not everyone was here Wednesday. Um, some of us are waking up now. The second coffee's kicking over here. Yeah, I just think uh, with the, the whole emphasis of Ephesians 4, 1 to 16, I think it's... It's very healthy that we're having conversations and we're sharing our hearts in love and honesty and being transparent. And I think having that and having the teachings of that 
because that is our guideline. I think it's so important. We're having this honest conversation that what's shedding what's on the heart because we're all one body in Christ. That's brilliant. Other thoughts? Anyone else have another thought? Thanks, Ricky. Thank you. Well, I, I am very encouraged. Uh, also today we have again the Deacon Coffee, which is uh, kind of a fruit we are meant to become more family. And uh, I think it's very encouraging to see how people think about the church and that things and that is being the trust to come and talk. So I already a good fruit of what we are doing. Awesome. Yeah. Over here, one more here to back it up. I think, um, for me personally, um, what's been really good about um, the bodybuilding is just uh, to actually have a chance for me to actually look at some scriptures for myself uh, for the basis of my faith. And um, I know a few weeks ago we were looking at like what would be the key scriptures that would help us and that. And one of my Bible studies, I wrote some different scriptures and I won't share them today, but I think it was just good for me to really remind myself um, of the basis of my faith. Um, why I do what I do, and what I want to continue doing what I'm doing ultimately. Thank you. Well, we're here to wrap one, but I think we have a little, maybe a little wrap up. I think the opportunity to have a, a conversation about um, what we believe and what is our foundation is always healthy, because assuming that we all have the same foundation every day, all the time, is not a great place to be. And I think the opportunity just to have that has helped, certainly for me. Um, to feel confident that, you know, if I, if someone had a conversation with me about something, whether that's, you know, uh, a challenge or uh, here's an opportunity you could grow in, I know that it's a conversation. I don't need to have my guard up and defend myself or, or defend God. It's a conversation, not a, a conflict. And I think that's been really helpful and healthy to have in my mind. Awesome. One more for the lovely man who had to say incredible how much we can get out of one passage. I think that the Bible is just so rich that we can spend weeks reading the same thing. Yeah, I think that's amazing. But I've enjoyed hearing people's hearts, like in the times we've discussed. And um, I think sometimes it's easy not to engage in those kind of conversations that are deep and sort of straight to the point. And hearing about what people's gifts are and ways they can give, and I think that's been really encouraging. I couldn't help myself. It's our 18th wedding anniversary tomorrow. Good to me. He let me marry that woman. She did, and she's been uh, an incredible gift. Um, and it is a gift. It is a gift. Uh, all the things God gives us. Uh, marriage is one of those, and there are many gifts God gives us. Uh, but but the church is such a gift, and it's so easy to take it for granted. And I think as Bob said, it's so easy to assume we, we all think the same way. And this is definitely an opportunity as a church to really have conversations, to really dig into the scriptures, to really make sure we really are a unified body. And so it's been a great process so far. We're not done. We're going to continue uh, to go through uh, the building blocks of the body. Uh, just a quick reminder before we do that, Mark, because uh, Overstreet preached last Sunday from Edinburgh. Uh, and that was just a little reminder of, of what we are supporting as a group of churches. The ICC Missions supports quite a few churches right now that don't have the funds to have a full-time couple. Uh, and Scotland uh, has both of their churches in that position. Uh, so Mark, I'm sure you were encouraged by him. The good news in Scotland, well, that was a great reminder to, uh, you know, put some money behind that encouragement. Uh, and so on the 9th of September, we're going to be taking our second collection for missions. 
You can get online. Uh, you can go to the website uh, to figure that out. See Judy or Ashley if you're not sure how to get online. Uh, you can certainly get online. We prefer that. It's a lot simpler. But we're going to also take a collection and pass the tray on the 9th of September for the second and final time. And all that money is going to go to support the Outer United Churches in the UK. So I ask you as a member of the church to put that on your heart. Pray about it. To set some kind of financial goal that you want to give sacrificially to help support those churches. And that's between you and God. But I really want to encourage you to write that, that date down. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit, but to really have it on our hearts here. Let's try to give sacrificially to support the great work throughout the UK. Amen. Uh, so we're going to move on here. Uh, we've been talking about these different building blocks in, the, in this passage in Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. We've talked about life as a motivation uh, from grace. We've talked about relationships. Uh, how important those are in this whole process. Uh, we've talked about doctrine, all the, all the seven ones and how foundational they are uh, to the body of Christ and how we can't walk as a body. We get wobbly without it. We've talked about grace, specifically how grace manifests itself through the gifts that God's given every Christian. Every Christian is gifted uh, within the body. Uh, we've talked about leadership and how leadership's job is to equip God's people uh, with, with, with works of service. And how important that is. Uh, and so today we're going to look at unity. We're going to look at the uh, the left hand here, if you will, the illustration uh, on this topic of unity. And then we're going to wrap it up after the team led service uh, next Sunday. We'll have two more sermons on conversation uh, and work, and uh, we'll continue to discuss uh, how far that will go uh, into the album. Uh, but unity. Let's look at that, and we'll end our time here uh, by taking communion together, and then we'll have some great worship to end the day. Um, so Ephesians 4, uh, verses 9 through 14 is the text that we're going to be looking at here. So you can be turning there. We're kind of picking it up in the middle of the section. In Ephesians 4, uh, verse 9, Paul goes on, and he's referring here to Jesus. And he says, what, what does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens. In order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. And those are the two things we looked at last time we were in our bodybuilding uh, series. We looked at the gifts God's given us and how we use them to build the church. And we looked at the idea of how he uses leadership to equip us. But then he goes on in verse 9. Uh, he, he goes on, I'm sorry. He uh, says, those gifts guided by leadership then are to equip his people for works of service. So the body of Christ can build up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we would no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. So I want to I want to focus in uh, if we can here. I want to focus in, if we can, here um, on this phrase, uh, specifically this phrase here, uh, right in the middle of the passage. It talks about how, uh, here in, in verses 9 through 14, it talks about how God is, you know, He's given us these gifts that are to be guided by leadership in the church uh, to, to, to equip us. But what's the whole point of it? So the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity. And the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God have become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And until we all reach unity, that, that's, that's, that's what bodybuilding is all about. It's all about coming together because we're better together than we are apart. Uh, and we see here unity is something we work at. Unity requires spiritual sweat. 
And sometimes literal sweat. You know, this summer, for example, you want to have the time to encourage a brother or sister. Well, you may have to physically sweat in the heat to get to that meeting to encourage that brother or sister, right? And so it involves many things. It's something we strive for. It's not just something that happens. We don't just show up here on a Sunday and we're united. It just doesn't work that way. We're going to talk about some of the challenges here. Uh, and as I studied this, I was reminded, you know, that unity can also mean a lot of things. When I say unity, a lot of us think of different things, right? Um, and there's lots of, uh, you know, views out there on unity. Uh, I love this quote. The strength of the pack is the wolf. And the strength of the wolf is the pack. You know, it's this idea that it's all connected. You can't have one without the other. We can't have the church... Uh, without the people, right? Uh, but without 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 the people, we, we don't we don't have a church. Um, you know, another quote here that I love, it, and I've said this earlier in the year: If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Uh, it's an old African proverb, and it's so true, right? We we can get things done quickly uh, on our own, but we can get things done far more powerfully when we work together. Um, this is a great one too about the individual challenge that we have. Unity is oneness of purpose. Not sameness of persons. You don't have to be me, and I don't have to be you, and praise God for that. Thank goodness. Yeah. You know, I don't have to be Martin. You guys tried to make me be Martin a little while ago. Get here and lick a song. But I don't have to be Martin, and Martin doesn't have to be me, right? And so on and so forth. But there's just something amazing about how you know it's like an orchestra, right? And Christ is a conductor, and when He brings it all together, we can play beautiful music. But we've got to all come together and realize that that's not a threat to who we are. That's actually how we find who we are. Yeah. Church is not a threat to us. Unity is not a threat to our individual our individual rights. No, it's actually where we find truly who we are. Uh, but we have to not be afraid of really embracing one another in that process. Uh, we won't lose ourselves. We'll find ourselves when we really get united. Uh, and then Helen Keller, God bless her. You know, she says, alone we can do so little, but together we can do so much. Uh, you know, we really are, uh, we are as strong as, as, as the whole in, in many ways. And unity uh, is really about uh, finding that strength uh, completely together. And so verse 13 is really the challenge today I want to put before us that we, that we, we, we reach unity. Uh, what does that look like? Well, I think the other phrase is we become mature. It actually connects in that in verse 13, unity to maturity. Uh, and that word for maturity is quite interesting uh, the NIV uh, translates it a little differently than the literal Greek. The ESV, English Standard Version, is a little bit more literal translation of the Greek than the NIV. And I like the translation here. It says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, or womanhood, amen, sisters, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Uh, that Greek word uh, for maturity, the NIV says, uh, it literally is a bit more specific. And in the Greek, it literally means this idea that you're, you're now a man, you're now an adult, you're now a woman, and you can handle whatever it is you need to handle. Uh, so you're, you're, you're ready to work. You know, you, you've moved out of the house, you know, you, you've, you've landed the first job and paycheck or whatever, you know, modern analogy, uh, you know, you, you want to use. And so th- this helps us. And ultimately, the work here is not making money and, and advancing your career. The work here is to, to be more like Christ. It says you, you are to reach mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so Christ's likeness and more and more of that, that is the maturation process that should be happening 
in droves in the church. That's the maturation process that we should be all focused on. And again, if we're focused on being more like Christ, then we're all focused on Him. We don't have to focus on each other. And that actually creates more unity. And so we don't have to work hard at being unified. We've got to work hard at being more like Christ. And the more we do that, the more we mature, the more we become that, that, that mature woman and that mature man. And that produces unity. And so unity equals maturity. Maturity equals unity. In a sense, when you look at this passage. You know, we can also see then uh, what unity is uh, by the definitions here, but also we can also see what unity is by what it's not and what it doesn't look like. And that's the, the next part here. Uh, in verse 14, it says, you know, they will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. You know, basically what the Bible says is the opposite of unity, the opposite of maturity is you're a baby in a boat <laughs> on the open sea. And it's kind of a silly picture, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's cute, but it's also kind of funny. But imagine if that's a picture of you in your Christian faith. And you're not on the beach there, you're actually out on the ocean. I couldn't find a child in, in, in a, in a yeah. storm on the ocean. I'm Google Images, I think that probably would be very dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, so you know that's the best I could do, but but it, it does it does make a point, doesn't it? When you look at that picture, that that that's that's a disunified church. That's a brother or sister who's not maturing in Christ. They're like a, a little baby in a boat on the open sea. And then, of course, in contrast to that, is this is this complete man, this complete woman who's maturing in Christ. That, that, that's, that's not Tim. You know, I've got a suit on today. But that, that's the... That's a future career. You can be a boat model. But you know, really, it's 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 this or it's this. That that that's you know that's the contrast. It's quite a contrast. This is quite a contrast to this. But that's the picture that that the church, as we as we mature, as we strive to be more like Christ, we we become you know strong men and strong women of God who can handle the waves that that life brings, who can handle the wind, you know, when it comes, and can get through the the, the storms and say, focus on the prize. Which is to make it to heaven. But the thing is, you don't just you don't just show up after you get baptized at church the next day and look like this, spiritually speaking. This just doesn't happen. This is something you you build. It's something you you strive for. It's something you you go after day in and day out. It requires intent. It, it requires deliberate training. You know, you don't just all of a sudden show up and know how to sail a ship on the open sea. Try to do that and you drown, right? Uh, you know, literally speaking in the end. And the Bible, you know, literally says that we all start out as Christians as babies in Christ. And so in some sense, you know, when we're first a, a young Christian, we, we spiritually in some sense are like this baby in a boat. We're susceptible, you know, to the wind and the waves. And, and so that's why if you're a young Christian, it's so important to be in your Bible. It's so important to be on your knees in prayer. It's so important to be connected to mature men and women who, who look a little bit more like this than you do right now. You know, so that you can be protected uh, from their strength and from their faith. But at some point, you can't stay there. At some point, you've got to head more toward this. And this is what this passage, I think, is literally describing that process. Uh, that if we really as a church come together in it, it will unite us. 
it will unite us because we're all heading and, and looking toward Christ. Um, and leadership, of course, is involved in this process. You know, we look at this last week, uh, verses 11 to 12. You know, Christ gave leadership, it says, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And then the unity part comes, right, uh, in verses 13 uh, and 14. Uh, this word for equipped here, it, it means completely furnished. It's, it's not the single brother's flat, right? It's, uh, it's the married family's flat. You know, the, you know the, the table has four chairs. It's not just a table. You know, that, that's the idea. So, so the church has given us leadership. So we, can be, we can be fully equipped. We can be fully furnished uh, to become that mature man or woman in Christ. But to do that, we have to unite and train. We, we've got to be willing to get equipped as a church. And you know I'm a big sports fan. I, you know I've always played sport growing up, and um, you know I played a little bit different sport than most of you played growing up. It's called football, but it's a little different. Obviously, it's American football, and uh, that's my accent, and um, not Canadian. They try to play football, but it's not the same there. Um, but I, when I look back on playing American football, I just think of all the training that I had to go through, uh, the intent, the focus. Um, and this time of year, all the American football teams start training in the states, and. Um, and this is a this is a picture of one of the the, the latest kind of superstars in my hometown, um, and uh, he's a quarterback. And uh, but it's interesting. In, in August in Ohio, where I grew up, it's it's around 30 degrees Celsius. Humidity is about 100 percent. It's just sweltering heat, and that's when you start football practice and, and American football practice. So you put on the helmet, you know, so you got a nice, you know, insulated, you know, head there, you know, you're just sweating profusely. You put on the shoulder pads, you put on the thigh pads, the knee pads, and you are just dripping with sweat. And and the way we would start in my hometown is we'd have two-a-day practices. So you'd, you'd show up at 8 a.m. as a teenager, which is already hard enough, and you put on all those pads, and you go out in the humidity and the heat, and you practice for two hours, then you get a break, and you go back in the afternoon, it's even hotter, and practice for two more hours. And you do that for two weeks, and it's brutal, and it's agonizing, and, and you know, you show up the first day, that was like, oh man... And there's just like this look of dread in everyone's eyes. And everyone's just kind of standing there waiting for the coach to tell us to begin to run, you know. And it's just, it's brutal. It's physically the toughest thing I've ever done in my life by far, by far. But something amazing about after that two weeks, how conditioned you are, how much of a team you are, how ready you are then to play the game of American football. And so you understand what I'm saying here. You know, it's not... It's not really that hard to understand. We have to commit to getting trained spiritually. We have to commit to being equipped by the leadership in the church. Otherwise, there's no way. There's no way we can mature and unite in Christ. You know, why is team camp so awesome? Because you're doing that for two weeks. You're getting equipped. You're getting trained. Or, I'm sorry, for a week. You're getting equipped. You're getting trained. They want to make it two weeks, I've heard. uh, You know, why, why do the teens love it? Because they're just focused on being more like Christ. They're getting help from the leaders to be more like Christ. And, of course, it raises them up. You know, and, and it grows. And the teens challenge now, teens, is to bring that back here. There's no reason we can't duplicate a lot of that here in the local church. You know, and that's how we should come into here on a Sunday morning. Why are you here? What is the point? I'm just going to get my praise on. Well, that's part of it. Yeah. We should praise God on Sunday morning. We should praise God every day. We should praise God all the time. But there's a bigger plan at stake here. There are bigger things God wants to do. And a lot of it, He wants you as a Christian to become more like His Son. 
And maybe more than anything, that's why you're here this morning. He wants you, as a Christian, to be more like His Son. If you're not a Christian today, why are you here? Well, He wants you to become a Christian. So you can be more like His Son. Because He lived a perfect life. And He is the model uh, that we are striving after. You know, what is my role? How should I be? How am I doing? Where can I do better? Those are the questions we should be asking ourselves. You know, where does God want to work to build His body through me? And that should be an exciting thing. You know, that we're united in training for Christ. You know, what could happen? What good could God do if we all really commit to that? And now remember, you know, we, we begin as babies in a boat. But it's not just that we begin as babies in a boat. Verse 14, the last part says, says, you know, it's not just that you're a baby in a boat, but it says you also are blown here and there by every wind of teaching. And by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. And so in this, in this passage, the waves, well, that's our immaturity. That's self-inflicted, the waves in this passage, right? We, that's our immaturity, then we have to keep maturing, and that's our choice. But the wind, the wind is other people's sinful natures. It's other people's immaturity. And it's interesting, the uh, Greek word there for cunning is where we get the, uh, the English word cube. And so, you know, men used to, you know, you know, deceive people with dice. They probably still do, actually. Um, and that's where that Greek, that's where that Greek word actually comes from. And so, it's this idea that you're, you're a baby in a boat surrounded by conmen trying to take you down. You know, and so it's just, it's this harrowing picture, you know, if you will. So, if we don't grow, we're in trouble. If we don't grow, the ship's going to get capsized. If we don't grow, we may very well drown. But if we come together. And we, and we listen to the call of Christ and we strive for maturity in Christ and we unite in that great cause, we will mature. We'll become that complete man and that complete woman. And God has set everything up already. It's already set. He's given us the gifts. He's given us the leadership. He's given us His Son. We have all we need. We just got to show up and practice. We just got to decide to get trained. We just got to decide that we want to grow. But if we all unite, we train, we use the gifts God's given us, you know, we're like that ship on the ocean. Yeah, there's the waves. Yeah, there's the winds. But if we have all hands on deck, we can get through it. And that's the picture I think of the church. You know, this is an actual, you know, shot of a, of, a, of a ship just trying to get through the ocean. And on the, uh, the, the, the left side there, you can see all the people that are on deck there hanging on to their dear lives. But they're also working together, raising sails, lowering them, you know, steering the ship, you know, making adjustments. According to that, you know, photo probably also, you know, getting water off the deck as well because they're taking on a lot of water. And that to me is a great picture of, of what we're capable of. Yeah, there's wind. Yeah, there's waves. But man, when, when all hands are on deck in the body of Christ, we can get through the roughest of oceans. You know, we can overcome the most challenging things when all hands are on deck. But in this body, everyone has a role to play. Just like on that ship. And if you're on that ship and you're under the deck sleeping in the middle of that storm, you can't help. And that's that's us coming here on Sunday and just kind of going through the motions, giving the amens, but we don't actually really get engaged. That's us pulling back when the challenge is out to, to, to move forward. We're sleep we're sleeping below deck when we should be up there, you know, helping the church move forward. Or we're up on the deck maybe, but but you know, we're distracted by the wind and the waves. We're, we don't like getting wet. Who does? But we got to go through that sometimes, right? And we got to hang in there. And we got to strive. And, or maybe we don't trust the captain. I don't like the way he's taking this ship. Why did he run into that way? You know, why did he go left instead of right? You know, we, we can easily do that, right? 
Why don't I like my shipmates? They keep letting me down. We can, we can go on and on and on. But that's not the call here in Ephesians 4. It's to, it's, it's to play your part. To be the best man and woman of God you can be. And as we do that, you know, the captain of the ship is not its not the evangelist, it's not the elder, it's Jesus Himself. Amen, yep. It's Jesus Himself. He's the, he's the head of the body. As we stay focused on Him, we'll get through. We'll get through whatever trials come our way. Sundays, our midweeks, first two Wednesdays of every month, our family group meetings, that's sailing school. Yep. Right? We're learning, we're learning uh, to conquer, you know, the waves and, and the hardships in life. And that's going to require training. It's going to require a push. But... If we do that, if we go after that, the storm will settle. The oceans will calm. You know, we, we, we can enjoy, you know, we can enjoy the, the benefits, the fruits, you know, that God wants to bring us. And isn't that true with the ocean? It, eventually you get through the storm. And then, man, who doesn't love to be out on the open ocean when it's calm like that? The sun is setting. The sea salt is in the air. Someone's strumming on guitar. You know, you have a pinacolada in your hand. You know, that's the that's that's why you go on the ocean. You don't go on it for, for nearly drowning to death. And, and that's why we gotta we got to stick together. we got to work through things. we got to keep maturing. we got to keep growing. Because God, that's His vision for our church. That's heaven that awaits us all. But the reality is we've got to put in the hard work to get there. That, that's a picture, I think, of, of moments that can occur when we are a unified body of Christ. You know, so as a church, we, we must be here not to be entertained, but trained. But it's so easy. We live in an entertainment culture today. It's so easy to, to want to come here and, just, and just, get, just get excited. But that's not really what it's about. Yes, we need to be excited about Jesus, but it's so much more than just that. And this is where I believe our family groups are really important. As a church, if you're visiting with us, we have small groups within the church called family groups. And we expect every member of our church to be a part of a family group. Um, and so if you're, if you're a member of our church but you're not really in a family group, please see me. That's not good. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, but if you are a part of a family group but you, you know you're not really a part of it in the sense that you're not connected relationally, you're not really heart to heart, Please, please talk to your family group leader. Uh, please, please see me. We want everyone to be a part of that. Because honestly, I think our family groups in many ways reflect where we're really at in this maturity process. Our family groups really reflect where we're really at uh, you know, in, in, this, in this process of unity. It's the best way to get real and get practical. Uh, and it's really an exciting way to really work together. Um, and so our family groups, you know, I, I believe, really need to really be focused on two things that will help us to really unite. The first is just simply to, to unite and delight. Just to unite and delight. To enjoy our amazing relationship with God. His grace, His goodness, His gifts. You know, these, these, these mature us and they help us to be more like Christ. And the more like Christ I am, the better husband I am. The more like Christ I am, the better brother I am. And the more we can unite, uh, you know, in our relationships. And so we just got to make sure we're enjoying our relationship with God in our families, in our family groups. Well, that's true in our families as well. You know, mom and dad and kids, but also in our family groups. Uh, and then the second thing, uh, you know, is we have to focus on discipleship. You know, we got to be on a mission. You know, in unity, we are, we are prepared for work, according to verse 12. Well, what is that work? Have a church service on Sunday? Well, that's part of it. But it's far more than just a worship service. I believe it's the greatest work. You know, Jesus, you know, he came to seek and save what was lost. Jesus came and did work to save souls. And for us as Christians, that's part of our call, is to be a part of his great mission. So is your family group full of delight for God, and is your family group on a mission? Mm. And again, you know, you play a part of it. 
You, you bring that or, or you pull that back in the way that you're, you're, you're being led and the way that you're really following. And so we've got to really continue to have this conversation in our families of how that's going. How are we doing? You know, it's, it's really our two greatest needs our family groups can meet. To be loved and to live a significant life. That's really what this is about. You know, to be loved by God and then to really love each other. The greatest commandment, right? Matthew 22. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And if we're unified in these two things, what can we not grow in? What can we not do? How will we not have maturity if we're unified in these two things? And so let's be unified to, to, to get into God's gym and do some spiritual work. Amen? You know, Jesus' plan is, is very simple. There's no plan B. He wasn't like, you know, go make disciples of all nations in Matthew 20. And if that doesn't work, I'll come back. No, he didn't say that. He said, this is it. There's no plan B. You are plan A. I am plan A. And so we need to step up and allow him to change us. And how awesome is it when we get to participate in his great plan for our lives? This kind of unity with him and with each other will be deliberate. It will be intentional. You know, if I am saved but I'm not going after growth, I'm still an infant. I'm still a baby in a boat. And at some point, you know, we start taking on water when we don't start growing in that boat. And the more we start taking on water, the more we're, we're going to capsize. And then once we capsize, we're in trouble. But we can, we can pull each other out. We can be lifeboats to one another. We can help each other mature. Uh, and that's not just showing up. It, it, it's showing up and grabbing an oar. It's showing up and helping raise those sails. You know, otherwise, you know, you, you put, you put the, the boat at risk. If you're not maturing and growing yourself. You know, unity means we are all growing up. Unity means we are all growing up in the Lord. I think it's as simple as that. But that's a very challenging concept if you think about it day in and day out. And so in our family groups uh, in the next uh, few weeks, hopefully every family group has a meeting where we can get together and discuss this topic today. So see your family group leader if you're not sure when that is. Uh, and I'm going to email this out as well to the church. But, but these are some things from this passage to really consider toward unity. The first is just to really think, what do you believe unity in the body should look like? You know, what are your convictions about that? And I would encourage you to reread this and really think about what we talked about today. The second is, where and how could our unity grow as a family group? You know, and I want you to take it to that level. Like, as a family group, where, where can our unity really grow? But then the other part of this is really important is to act on, on, on what we're thinking about. You know, what can you do? Not what, what can someone else do, but what can you do to create more unity in your family group? If we all go after that, we're going to train uh, each other up. If we all go after that, we're going to grow more together. And God's going to work uh, in powerful ways. I have no doubt about that. Um, you know, Jesus, he never calls us to do something he himself did not do. That's what I love about my Lord and Savior. And what's interesting, when you go through the Gospels, Jesus, he had to grow and mature as well. Right? He was born as a baby, as the prophecies predicted. When he's an infant, he's brought to the temple. Simeon and Anna, you know, they're, they're, they're old in years and they're, and they're fired up. They've seen the Savior with their own eyes. And they prophesy about all the great things he'll do. And then it says there uh, in Luke 2, in verse 39... When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they left the temple and returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew, referring to Jesus, and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. So Jesus, he, he's growing, even, even as an infant, right? He didn't want to stay that way. And then in, uh, further on in verse 51 in Luke 2, he's now at the temple, and his parents didn't realize that he wasn't with them, and they'd left him, and so it's, it's not home alone, but temple alone, right? And... Uh, and they come back and you know, they 
What have you done to us? And they work it out. And then it says uh, in verse 51, Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And teens, that's part of the way you mature, is you're obedient to your parents. God uses that actually to train you in many ways. Amen, teens? Amen. How many like amen? Matt's amen for you. Amen. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. But it goes on. It says that Jesus grew, in verse 52, in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and man. So Jesus, Jesus' life was a maturation process. Jesus had to go through the struggles and strains just like we do. And he sets us a great example. But that was, whole, that was all of Jesus' life. You go on, the Hebrew writer later on described Jesus' life in Hebrews 5, verses 7-10. through And he says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, He offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save Him from death. And He was heard because of His reverent submission. Son though He was, He learned obedience from what He suffered. And once made perfect, He became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey Him. And so, you know, Jesus' willingness to unite with his Father and grow, it had a pretty glorious ending, did it not? You know, what does it say? It says, you know, he was made perfect through his willingness to grow and to strive. And then, not only was he made perfect, but then we, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And so, if we, if we unite in him, that same glory is ahead for us. If we follow His pattern and we choose to mature, we choose to grow, that same glory is ahead for us. How it comes out, where it comes out, I don't know. But the church is meant to bring it out. The church is meant to help us grow as we unite together more and more in Him. But that's a challenge, right? We know our simple natures. We know our tendencies. Uh, you know, why do we need leadership? Well, one of the reasons we need leadership is we, we tend to water things down. The same law of thermodynamics. Order tends to go to disorder. Try to use that degree in science when I can. And uh, and that's true in the church. Yes, we're going to build the body of Christ. Yes, we're going to unite. We're going to change the world. And then a week later, you're ready to quit. And that's why we need leadership. And that's why we need one another. To, to pull each other back up when we start to falter. And to help each other to move forward together. And so, yes, it's a great idea to, to have unity in the body of Christ. But it will not be easy. It will be challenging. Our sinful nature, our, 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 our initial state, we're babies in a boat surrounded by con men. And so we've got to, we've got to take this with the utmost seriousness. We've got to take this uh, with, with, with an utmost desire and effort to really move forward. And that's why I'm so thankful, because uh, this is challenging. Hopefully you're challenged. I know I'm challenged thinking about this. When I look at the room and think, how can we all do this together? But it's so encouraging to end our time here by taking communion together. Amen. Because Jesus, he, he didn't just set the example. He also died because he knew we would fall short of that standard. So communion is such a powerful reminder that we can all submit to him. We can all unite in him. And because of him, we can stay together. And we can grow. We can mature together as, as the body. And so we're going to unite in prayer here. We're going to unite in remembering his body and blood. Unity is it's truly only found through, through all of us saying humble toward Jesus. We can say humble toward Jesus. We can stay united. We can say humble toward Jesus. We can continue to mature into that body that we see here in Ephesians 4. So I ask that we uh, we lock hands, arms around each other. We really unite here in prayer. 
uh, as we take communion, to really, to really remind ourselves, you may have to rearrange your chairs a little bit, to really remind ourselves that, that, that we're not just individuals here taking communion. We're, we're, we're a body. We're, we're, we're a team. We're one in Christ. And so as we pray, as we pray, I want you to really think about that. And if they're visiting with us and we make it feel awkward, I'm sorry. But, but we don't do this because we're supposed to. We do this because this, this, is, this is the body of Christ. We are one. And we want to unite in Him. So as we take this communion together, let's, let us think about the power that we can find in unity through Him. Let's go ahead and approach. And after we're done praying, you can unlock your hands. <laughs> let's pray. Father in Heaven. Thank you that during Jesus' days on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions to you and showed us what it means to be submissive to you. And although he was a son, he was willing to learn obedience from what he suffered. And, and, and once he made that ultimate sacrifice on the cross, uh, he made us perfect, God, through his perfect sacrifice. And he became that source of eternal salvation. But we know, God, that uh, we can take that for granted. We know, God, we can forget the power of uh, that we can find through Jesus. So help us, God, today to reflect on unity and to really strive for maturity. That's probably the practical approach here, God. It's such a huge idea to be unified, but it's such a practical, everyday thing to grow and mature. And I pray, God, uh, that we can look to Jesus as the example, that ultimate uh, willingness to, to sacrifice it all so that he could be made perfect, God, as he died on the cross. Uh, but to also know that, that death, God, brings us, brings us hope, brings us grace as we fall short. As we struggle, as we strive. But help us, God, every time we fall to get back up through the blood of Jesus. Help us every time, God, we don't, we don't mature. We don't, we don't unify to remember Jesus and his example, God. So as we take this bread of Jeremiah, this is body, and the cup of Jeremiah, this is blood, God. Help us uh, to be humble toward the head of this body that is Christ. And to unite further and further in him. We love you, we thank you, we praise in Jesus' name. Amen.